Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Calling all the clans together, calling all the clans together, calling all the clans together, brothers come around. Calling south and north together, calling west and east together, calling all the clans together, brother come around. A bit of sleeping, can't afford to be a bit of sleeping. Can't you see the reaper reaping? Brothers come around. Never mind the children flying, never mind the dead and dying. Can't you hear the piper piping? Brother, come around. Come running fast, come running hard, running for all you work. Come running through the gates of hell itself and let the devil take the hindmost. We're gonna be calling all the clan together, calling all the clan together, calling all the clan together, brothers come running. In the late 13th century AD, an unknown Icelandic writer or writers committed to writing a collection of poems that would come to form the basis of our knowledge of Norse myth, religion, and cosmology. Although Iceland had become officially Christian at around 1000 AD, one of the poems in particular spoke with a very different voice. The man who stands at a strange threshold should be cautious before he cross it, glance this way and that. Who knows beforehand what foes may sit awaiting him in the hall? So begins the Havamal. Contained in its lines and stanzas were the words of an older god, a god of magic and mystery, a god of poetry and travel, a god of wisdom and courage. Translated, Havamal means the words of the High One. And in the indigenous Nordic and Germanic world, there was none higher than Odin. Today on Totally Awesome History, the Wisdom of the North. The text of the Havamal is part of what we call the Poetic Edda. Like the Prose Edda written by Snorri Sturluson around 1200, it deals with mythological and legendary material that can easily be said to reach back several hundred years from the time of its composition. Unlike the Prose Edda, however, no one knows who wrote it, 
In fact, we don't even know what became of it between the time it was written and 1643, when an Icelandic bishop came upon it and sent it to King Christian IV of Denmark. As a result, the manuscript itself came to be known as the Codex Regius, or the King's Book. More importantly though, nowhere in the Prozetta or anywhere else do we have exclusive and direct access to the teachings of a Norse god. The Havamal is divided into five different sections. The first section is what scholars call the Gnomic section. In it, Odin gives advice on more everyday affairs. These include verses on friendship, honor, kindness, traveling, courage, insomnia, and the importance of remembering the night before. Drunk I got, dead drunk, when Fjallar the wise was with me. Best is the banquet one looks back on after, and remembers all that happened. In the next section, Odin talks about how the words of women and men are seldom to be trusted. He first tells us how he was betrayed by the daughter of a giant named Billy. Many a girl, when one gets to know her, proves to be fickle and false. That treacherous maiden taught me a lesson. The crafty woman covered me with shame. That was all I got from her. But to be fair, he doesn't spare men criticism either. Naked I may speak now, for I know both. Men are treacherous too. Fairest we speak when falsest we think. Many a maid is deceived. He even goes on to tell us how he himself seduced and deceived a beautiful giantess named Gunlov into helping him steal a drink of the meat of poetry from her father and how he abandoned her afterwards. Gunlov sat me in the golden seat, poured me precious meat. Ill reward she had from me for that, for her proud and passionate heart, her brooding, foreboding spirit. The next section is called Lod Fafnismal. Like the first section, it's largely commonsensical in nature, but it soon expands its scope to dispense advice to a sage named Lod Fafnir on such topics as avoiding women skilled in magic, the wisdom of the old, and maintaining friendships and relationships. Lod Fafnir, listen. If you know a friend you can truly trust, go often to his house. Grass and brambles grow quickly upon the untrodden track. After that, the Havamal moves into some mystical and mysterious stuff, and this is where it gets really cool. Some have even suggested that the earlier parts of the poem were intended for a more general audience, while the later parts of the poem were meant for those who were initiated into the knowledge and mysteries that they referred to. The fourth section, called the Runatal, tells us the story of how Odin discovered the secret of the runes. To the indigenous Nordic and Germanic people, the runes were far more than some cool accessory that you might find in a new age shop that some people buy to appear alternative to their friends. The word itself meant secret, and each one of them had both a mundane and a sacred function. They could be used to carve words into wood or stone, but each one also represented a force in nature and the cosmos. They were part of nature itself and powerful. So in one sense, you could have messages like, Bjorn was here. And in another sense, combinations of them forming powerful magical spells. In the Runital, Odin describes the ordeal he had to go through to win knowledge of them. Wounded, I hung on a windswept gallows for nine long nights. Pierced by a spear, pledged to all, then offered myself to myself. The wisest know not from whence spring the roots of that ancient rood. 
They gave me no bread, they gave me no mead. I looked down. With a loud cry, I took up the runes. From that tree I fell. What's interesting about this is that one gets the distinct impression that there was a higher order than even the gods in the Nordic and Germanic worldview. Odin's idea of sacrificing himself to himself also appears reminiscent of the Indian idea of the ever-present and transcendent Brahman that is in everything and is everything in the more localized god version, Brahma. And to be sure, Odin is no stranger to sacrifice. In fact, he sacrificed one of his eyes for a drink from the wisdom contained in the waters of Mimmer's well. One might speculate that he symbolically sacrificed his regular vision for a deeper mystical vision. In the Norse story of the creation of the world, or Midgard as it was called, we find Odin and his brothers Vili and V as its creators. Correlations between Odin, Vili and V and the Indian Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva from Indian mythology have likewise been made by scholars. Whatever the case, there definitely seems to be much more going on here than a mere mythological story. In the final section of the Havamal, the Ljodatal, Odin relates a series of charms. Curiously, he details what they do, but never what they are, or how to perform them. For example, the first. The first charm I know is unknown to rulers of any humankind. Help it is named, for help it can give in hours of sorrow and anguish. And the twelfth. I know a twelfth. If a tree bear a man hanged in a halter, I can carve and stain strong runes that will cause the corpse to speak. Reply to whatever I ask. Clearly, one would have had to have some unstated knowledge of what the charms actually were and how to do them. And the fact that they were even mentioned implies that at least at one time, that knowledge was known. Although it's difficult today precisely, most scholars agree that the contents of the Havamal originated in the pre-Christian, pre-literate oral culture of the Nordic and Germanic peoples, back into the mists of the Viking Age and possibly even before, although maybe not in the form that we have it now. We do know for certain that parts of it are mentioned in another text, dated to around 960, and a reference to the divine bestowal of the runes on humanity are shown on a runestone found in Sweden that dates from anywhere between 450 and 600 AD. Likewise, the Odin of the Havamal is much closer to the older version of Odin, the Wotan of Germany or the Woden of England. By the end of the Viking Age, Odin, the Lord of Valhalla, had accumulated an impressive resume. He was the god of magic, poetry, wisdom, the dead, but he was also the god of battle and war. But there were other gods who were also responsible for battle and war. It almost seems redundant that Odin should be in charge of these too. Ancient sources indicate that originally, while still the chief of the gods, Odin's responsibilities focused more exclusively on what made him unique. Travel, poetry, wisdom, magic, and the dead. In the late first century AD, Tacitus, a Roman historian, wrote about the Germanic peoples at the time. In an attempt to make the habits of the Germanic people intelligible to his own audience, he says that Mercury was their chief god, with Hercules and Mars also bearing importance. These Roman gods can be translated as Odin, Thor, and Tyr, the original god of battle and war. Most telling is Tacitus's identification of Odin with Mercury, who was by far not the chief of the Roman gods, but who, like Odin, was the god of travel, eloquence and poetry, sometimes wisdom, and a guide for the dead. 
Even today, the French word for Wednesday is mercredi, which means Mercury's Day, while Wednesday itself in English is Woden's Day. And this is the Odin we see in the Havam. In one of the stanzas, he even highlights the wisdom that can only come through travel. He who has seen and suffered much knows the ways of the world. Who has traveled can tell what spirit governs the men he meets. Even more, Tacitus describes a method of divination that anyone would be hard-pressed to see as anything but rune magic. A little bough is lopped off of a fruit-bearing tree and cut into small pieces. These are distinguished by certain marks and thrown carelessly and at random over a white garment. What all of this indicates is that the wisdom of Odin as we find it in the Havamal may have been passed down from a very ancient time indeed. Although its superficial meaning may have changed from generation to generation, at its core, it represents the values that the ancient and medieval Germanic and Nordic people invested in their highest god and expresses much of their worldview. It also means that their inner lives are much more nuanced than anyone who has ever thought of them as bloodthirsty barbarians has ever given them credit for. Even more remarkable is that much of the wisdom and advice in the Havamal is applicable to today. One of the most memorable passages in all of the Havamal is, Cattle die, kindred die, every man is mortal. But I know one thing that never dies, the glory of the great dead. Without a doubt, the unknown Icelander or Icelanders who recorded the Havamal in the Poetic Era are surely deserving of glory. Without even knowing it, they have allowed us to peer back into the mists of time and gain an appreciation the minds and psyche of their Germanic and Nordic ancestors. The last stanza of the Havamal says, The wise one has spoken words in the hall. Needful for men to know, unneedful for trolls to know. Hail to the speaker, hail to the knower. Joy to him who has understood. Delight to those who have listened. And that is totally awesome history. Hello again, and welcome to the Valkyrie Underground. Thank you so much for joining me, your host, Urban Jungle Girl, on the Midas Right Network at MidasRight.net. Today is Moon Day, the 29th of February, 2016. Between the live podcast, Midas Right streams 24 hours a day, some of the best pro-white material and music available. And my contribution tonight is uh, to present to you the Have em All, I'm going to attempt to recite it or read it. I actually, I've had uh, a number of requests to do more podcasts covering our pagan origins, history, celebrations, sacred texts, things like that. But the only problem with that is that I, although I have some Scandinavian ancestry, I, I don't, I don't know any Scandinavian languages, and I hate to butcher words. So we'll see. Some are easier than others, so please forgive me uh, my mistakes tonight. I'm going to try very hard not to butcher any words. And with that said, uh, let me begin, and I hope this is something that is of interest to the folk listening. And uh, so here we go. The Havamal, the Ballad of the High One. This poem follows the Voluspo, or V-O-L-U-S-P-O, in the Codex Regius 
but is preserved in no other manuscript. In its present shape, it involves the critic of the text in more puzzles than any other of the Eddic poems. Without going into detail into the various theories, what happened seems to have been somewhere or somewhat as follows. There existed from very early times a collection of proverbs and wise counsels, which were attributed to Othan, just as the biblical proverbs were to Solomon. This collection, which presumably was always elastic in extent, was known as, quote, the high one's words, end quote, and forms the basis of the present poem. To it, however, were added other poems and fragments dealing with wisdom which seemed by their nature to imply that the speaker was Othan. Thus, a catalog of runes or charms were tacked on and also a set of proverbs differing essentially in form from those comprising the main collection. Here and there, bits of verse more nearly narrative crept in, and of course the loose structure of the poem made it easy for any reciter to insert new stanzas almost at will. This curious miscellany is what we now have as the Havamal. It is idle to discuss the authorship or date of such a series of accretions as this. Parts of it are doubtless among the oldest relics of ancient Germanic poetry. Parts of it may have originated at a relatively late period. Probably, however, most of its component elements go pretty far back, although we have no way of telling how or when they first became associated. It seems all but meaningless to talk about interpolations in a poem which has developed almost solely through the process of piecing together originally unrelated odds and ends. Few gnomic collection in the world's literary history presents sounder wisdom more tersely expressed than the Havamal. It occasionally rises to lofty heights of poetry. If it presents the worldly wisdom of a violent race, it also shows noble ideals of loyalty, truth, and unfaltering courage. Oh, and I should say, too, that that opening piece that I played, I just thought it would give an overview, it was a bit long, but was the Havamal, uh, The Wisdom of Odin, by Totally Awesome History. And he mentioned in that in that clip that there were five sections uh, in the Havamal. There are different versions, however, and the one that I chose uh, to read is uh, the Elder or Poetic Edda, commonly known as Seaman's Edda, and uh, it has eight sections, or is divided in eight sections. There are 164 stanzas in the total poem. The eight stanzas break out uh, as this. Wisdom for wanderers and counsel to guests, verses 1 through 79. Two, maxims for all men, verses 80 through 88. Three, lessons for lovers, verses 89 through 93. 4. Odin's Love Quests, verses 94 through 100. 5. Odin's Quest After the Song Mead, verses 101 to 108. 6. The Counseling of the Stray Singer, verses 109 to 136. 7. Odin's Quest After the Runes, verses 137 to 144. And 8. The Song of Spells, verses 145 to 164. I hope my voice holds out for this, and I'm going to read the numbers for each stanza that I go through. So here I go. Wisdom for Wanderers and Counsel to Guests, first section. 
stanza one. At every doorway, ere one enters, one should spy around, one should pry around, for uncertain is the witting that there be no foeman sitting within before one on the floor. Two, hail ye givers, a guest is come. Say, where shall he sit within? Much pressed is he who fain on the hearth would seek for warmth and weal. Three, he hath need of fire, who now is come, numbed with cold to the knee. Food and clothing the wanderer craves, who has fared o'er the rimy fell. Four, he craves for water, who comes for refreshment, drying and friendly bidding, marks of goodwill, fair fame, if tis win, and welcome once and again. Five, he hath need of his wits, who wanders wide, Aught simple will serve at home, but a gazing stock is the fool who sits mid the wise and nothing knows. 6. Let a man glory in the greatness of his mind, but rather keep watch o'er his wits. Cautious and silent, let him enter a dwelling, to the heedful comes seldom harm. For none can find a more faithful friend than the wealth of mother wit. 7. Let the wary stranger who seeks refreshment keep silent with sharpened hearing. With his ears let him listen and look with his eyes. Thus each wise man spies out the way. 8. Happy is he who wins for himself fair fame and kindly words. But uneasy is that which a man doth own while he lies in another's breast. 9. Happy is he who hath in himself praise and wisdom in life. For oft doth a man ill counsel get when tis born in another's breast. 10. A better burden can no man bear on the way than his mother's wit. Tis the refuge of the poor and richer, it seems, than wealth in a world untried. 11. A better burden can no man bear on the way than his mother wit and no worse provision can he carry with him than too deep a draught of ale. Twelve, less good than they say for the sons of men is the drinking oft of ale, for the more they drink, the less they can think and keep a watch o'er their wits. Thirteen, a bird of unmindfulness flutters o'er ale feasts, Willing away men's wits with the feathers of that fowl, I was fettered once in the garths of Gonlos below. 14. Drunk was I then. I was overdrunk in that crafty Jutin's court. But best is an ale feast when man is able to call back his wits at once. 15. Silent and thoughtful and bold in strife, the prince's bairn should be. Joyous and generous, let each man show him until he shall suffer death. 16. A coward believes he will ever live if he keep him safe from strife. But old age leaves him not long in peace, though spears may spare his life. 17. A fool will gape when he goes to a friend and mumble only or mope, but pass him the ale cup and all in a moment the mind of that man is shown. 18. He knows alone who has wandered wide and far has fared on the way, 
what manner of mind a man doth own who is wise of head and heart. 19. Keep not the mead cup, but drink thy measure. Speak needful words or none. None shall upbraid thee for lack of breeding, or soon thou seekest thy rest. 20. A greedy man, if he be not mindful, eats to his own life's hurt. Off the belly of the fool will bring him to scorn when he seeks the circle of the wise. 21. Herds know the hour of their going home and turn them again from the grass. But never is found a foolish man who knows the measure of his maw. 22. The miserable man and evil-minded makes of all things mockery and knows not that which he best should know, that he is not free from faults. 23. The unwise man is awake all night and ponders everything over. When morning comes, he is weary in mind and all is a burden as ever. 24. The unwise man weans all who smile and flatter him are his friends, nor notes how oft they speak him ill when he sits in the circle of the wise. 25. The unwise man weans all who smile and flatter him are his friends, Hmm. but when he shall come into court he shall find there are few to defend his cause. 26. The unwise man thinks all to know while he sits in a sheltered nook, but he knows not one thing when he shall answer if men shall put him to proof. 27. For the unwise man, tis best to be mute, for he come amid the crowd, for none is aware of his lack of wit. If he wastes too many words, for he who lacks wit shall never learn though his words flow near as fast. 28. Wise he is deemed who can question well and also answer back. The sons of men can no secret make of the tidings told in their midst. 29. Too many unstable words are spoken by him who near holds his peace. The hasty tongue sings its own mishap, if not, be not bridled in. 30. Let no man be held as a laughing stock, though he come as a guest for a meal. Wise enough seem many while they sit dry-skinned and are not put to proof. 31. A guest thinks him witty, who mocks at a guest and runs forth his wrath away. But none can be sure who jests at a meal that he makes not fun among foes. 32. Oft though their hearts lean towards one another, friends are divided at table. Ever the source of strife will be that guest will anger guest. 33. A man should take always his meals betimes unless he visit a friend, or he sits and mopes and half famished seems and can ask or answer not. 34. Long is the round to a false friend leading, e'en if he dwell on the way. But though far off fared to a faithful friend, straight are the roads and short. 35. A guest must depart again on his way, nor stay in the same place ever. If he bide too long on another's bench, the loved one soon becomes loathed. 36. 36. 
one's own house is best, though small it may be, each man is master at home. Though he have but two goats and a bark-thatched hut, tis better than craving a boon. 37. One's own house is best, though small it may be, each man is master at home. With a bleeding heart will he beg, who must his meat at every meal. 38. Let a man never stir on his road a step without his weapons of war. For unsure is the knowing when need shall arise of a spear on the way without. 39. I found none so noble or free with his food, who was not gladdened with a gift, nor one who gave of his gift, gift such store, but he loved reward, could he win it. 40. Let no man stint him and suffer need of the wealth he has won in life. Oft is say for a foe what was meant for a friend, and much goes worse than one's weans. 41. With raiment and arms shall friends gladden each other. So has one proved oneself. For friends last longest, if fate be fair, who give and give again. 42. To his friend a man should bear him as a friend and gift for gift bestow. Laughter for laughter, let him exchange, but leasing pay for a lie. 43. To his friend a man should bear him as a friend, to him and a friend of his. But let him beware that he be not the friend of one who is friend to his foe. 44. Hast thou a friend whom thou trustest well, from whom thou cravest good? Shall thy mind with him gifts exchange with him, fair to find him oft? 45. But hast thou one whom thou trustest ill, yet from whom thou cravest good? Thou shalt speak him fair, but falsely think, and leasing pay for a lie. 46. Yet further of him whom thou trusted ill, and whose mind thou dost misdoubt, Thou shalt laugh with him, but withhold thy thought, for gift with light gift should be paid. 47. Young was I once, I walked alone, and bewildered seemed in the way. Then I found me another, and rich I thought me, for man is the joy of man. 48. Most blessed is he who lives free and bold, and nurses never a grief. For the fearful man is dismayed by aught, and the mean one mourns over giving. 49. My garments once I gave in the field to two landmarks made as men. Heroes they seemed when once they were clothed, tis the naked who suffer shame. 50. The pine tree wastes, which is perched on a hill, nor bark nor needles shelter it. Such is the man whom none doth love, for what should he longer live? 51. Fiercer than fire among ill friends, for five days love will burn. Bun anon, tis quenched, when the sixth day comes and all friendship soon is spoiled. 52. Not great things alone must one give to another. Praise oft is earned for naught. With half a loaf and a tilted bowl, 
I have found me many a friend. 53. Little the sand, if little the seas, little are minds of men, for near in the world we're all equally wise, tis shared by the fools and the sage. 54. Wise in measure, let each man be, but let him not wax too wise. For never the happiest of men is he who knows much of many things. 55. Wise in measure should each man be, but let him not wax too wise. Seldom a heart will sing with joy if the owner be all too wise. 56. Wise in measure should each man be, but near let him wax too wise. Who looks not forward to learn his fate, unburdened heart will bear. 57. Brand kindles from brand until it is burned. Spark is kindled from spark. Man unfolds him by speech with man, but grows over secret through silence. 58. He must rise betimes, who fain of another or life or wealth would win. Scarce falls the prey to sleeping wolves or to slumberers victory in strife. 59. He must rise betimes who hath few to serve him and see to his work himself. Who sleeps at morning is hindered much to the keen is wealth hath won. 60. Of dry logs saved and roof bark stored, a man can know the measure of fire, wood too, which should last him out quarter and half years to come. 61. Fed and washed, should one ride to court, though in garments none too new. Thou shalt not shame thee for shoes or breeks, nor yet for a sorry steed. 62. Like an eagle swooping over old ocean, snatching after his prey, so comes a man into court who finds there are few to defend his cause. 63. Each man who is wise and would wise be called must ask and answer aright. Let one know thy secret, but never a second, if three a thousand shall know. 64. A wise counseled man will be mild in bearing and use his might in measure, lest when he come his fierce foes among he find others fiercer than he. 65. Each man should be watchful and wary in speech, and slow to put faith in a friend for the words which one to another speaks. He may win reward of ill. 66. At many a feast I was far too late, and much too soon at some. Drunk was the ale, or yet unserved, never hits he the joint, who is hated. 67. Here and there, to a home I had happily been asked, had I needed no meat at my meals, or were two hams left hanging in the house of that friend where I had partaken of one. 68. Most dear is fire to the sons of men, most sweet the sight of the sun. Good is health, if one can but keep it, and to live a life without shame. 69. Not reft of all is he who is ill, for some are blessed in their bairns, some in their kin and some in their wealth, and some in working well. 70. 
More blessed are the living than the lifeless. Tis the living who come by the cow. I saw the hearth fire burn in the rich man's hall, and himself lying dead at the door. 71. The lame can ride a horse, the handless drive cattle. The deaf can fight and prevail. Tis happier for the blind man for him on the bale fire, but no man hath care for a corpse. 72. Best have a son, though he be late born, and before him the father be dead. Seldom are stones on the wayside raised, say, by kinsman to kinsman. 73. Two are hosts against one. The tongue is the head's bane. Neath a rough hide a hand may hide. He is glad at nightfall who knows of his lodging. Short is the ship's berth and changeful the autumn night. Much veers the wind ere the fifth day and blows round yet more in a month. 74. He that learns not will never know how one is a fool of another. For if one be richer, another is poor, and for that should bear no blame. 75. Cattle die and kinsmen die. Thyself too soon must die. But one thing never, I ween, will die. Fair fame of one who has earned. 76. Cattle die and kinsmen die. Thyself too soon must die. But one thing never, I ween, will die. The doom on each one dead. 77. Full-stocked folds had the fatling's son, who bear now the beggar's staff, brief as wealth as the winking of an eye, most faithless ever of friends. 78. If haply a fool should find for himself wealth or a woman's love, pride waxes in him, but wisdom never and onward he fares in his folly. 79. All will prove true that thou askst of runes those that are come from the gods, which the high powers wrought, and which Odin painted, then silence is surely best. That was the first section. The second section begins now. Maxims for all men. Stanza 80. Praise day at even, a wife when dead, a weapon when tired, a maid when married, ice when tis crossed, and ale when tis drunk. 81. Hew wood in wind, sail the seas in a breeze, woo a maid in the dark, for day's eyes are many. Work a ship for its gliding, a shield for its shelter, a sword for its striking a maid for her kiss. 82. Drink ale by the fire, but slide on the ice. Buy a steed when it's lanky, a sword when it tis rusty. Feed thy horse neath a roof, and thou hound in the yard. 83. The speech of a maiden should no man trust, nor the words which a woman says for their hearts were shaped on a whirling wheel and falsehood fixed in their breasts. 84. Breaking bough or flaming flame, ravening wolf or croaking raven, routing swine or rootless tree, waxing wave or seething cauldron. 85. 
flying arrows or falling billow ice of a nighttime, coiling adder, woman's bed talk, or broken blade, play of bears or a prince's child. 86. Sickly calf or self-willed thrall, witch's flattery, new slain foe, brother's slayer, though seen on the highway, half-burned house, or horse too swift, be never so trustful as these to trust. 87. Let none put faith in the first sown fruit, nor yet in his son too soon. Whim rules the child, and weather the field, each is open to chance. 88. Like the love of a woman whose thoughts are lies, is the driving, unroughshod, or slippery ice of a two-year-old, ill-tamed and gay, or in a wild wind steering a helmless ship, or the lame catching reindeer in the rim-thawed fell. Third section, Lesson for Lovers, stanza 89. Now plainly I speak, since both I have seen. Unfaithful is man to maid, we speak them fairest when thoughts are falsest and while the wisest of hearts. 90. Let him speak soft words and offer wealth who longs for a woman's love. Praise the shape of the shining maid. He wins who thus doth woo. 91. Never a wit should one blame another whom love hath brought into bonds. Oft a witching form will fetch the wise which holds not the heart of fools. 92. Never a witch should one blame another for a folly which many befalls. The might of love makes sons of men into fools who once were wise. 93. The mind knows alone what is nearest the heart and sees where the soul is turned. No sickness seems to be the wise so sore as in not to know content. Fourth section, Odin's Love Quests, stanza 94. This once I felt when I sat without in the reeds and looked for my love. Body and soul of me was that sweet maiden, yet never I won her as wife. 95. Billing's daughter I found on her bed fairer than sunlight sleeping. And the sweets of lordship seemed to me not, save I lived with that lovely form. 96. Yet nearer evening come thou, Odin, if thou wilt woo a maiden. All were undone, save two, knew alone, such a secret deed of shame. 97. So away I turned from my wise intent, and deemed my joy assured, for all her liking and all her love, I weaned that I yet should win. 98. When I came ere long the war troop bold were watching and walking all. With burning brands and torches borne they showed me my sorrowful way. 99. Yet nearer morning I went once more. The housefolk slept in the hall. But soon I found a barking dog tied fast to that fair maid's couch. Hmm. One hundred. Many a sweet maid, when one knows her mind is fickle, found towards men. 
I proved it well when that prudent lass I sought to lead astray, shrewd maid. She sought me with every insult, and I won therewith no wife. The next section is Odin's Quest After the Song Mead, and that is section 5, stanza 101. And I think I may take a little break, and I think I'll play a song for you so I can clear my throat. And this is Velaspa by the Duvelspak. Stand, 
and that was a Viking pagan folk song. So let me continue. Stanza 101. In thy home be joyous and generous to guests. Discreet shall thou be in thy bearing, mindful and talkative. Wouldst thou gain wisdom, oft making me mention of good? He is simpleton, named who has not to say, for such is the fashion of fools. 102. I sought that old Jotun, now safe am I back. Little served my silence there, but whisperings, many soft speeches I won, my desire in Satung's halls. 103. I bored me a road there with ratty's tusk, and made room to pass through the rock, while the ways of the Jutans stretched over and under, I dared my life for a drought. 104. T'was Gunlaud who gave me on a golden throne a draught of the glorious mead, but with poor reward did I pay her back for her true and troubled heart. 105. In a wily disguise I worked my will. Little is lacking to the wise, for the soul stirrer now. Sweet mead of song is brought to men's earthly abode. 106. I misdoubt me if ever again I had come from the realms of the Jutan race, had I not served me of Gunlaud, sweet woman, who I held in mine arms. 107. Came forth next day the dread frost giants and entered the high one's hall. They asked, was the bale worker back mid the powers or had Sutton slain them below? 108. A ring oath Odin I throw had taken. How shall one thrust his throth? T'was he who stole the mead from Satung, and Gunlod caused to weep. The next section is counseling of the stray singer. Section 6, stanza 109. Tis time to speak from the sage's seat, hard by the well of weird. I sat and was silent. I saw and pondered. I listened to the speech of men. 110. Of runes they spoke, and the reading of runes was little withheld from their lips. At the High One's Hall, in the High One's Hall, I thus heard the High One say, 111. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels, they will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Rise never at night time except thou art spying, or seekest a spot without. 112. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels, they will be thy boon if thou obeyest them, they will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Thou shalt never sleep in the arms of a sorceress, lest she should lock thy limbs. 113. So shall she charm that thou shalt not heed the counsel or words of the king, nor care for thy food or the joys of mankind, but fall into sorrowful sleep. 114. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Seek not ever to draw to thyself in love, whispering another's wife. 
115. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels. They will be thy boom if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Should thou long to fare over fell and firth province, thee well with food. 116. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Tell not ever an evil man if misfortunes thee befall. From such ill friend thou needest never seek return for thy trustful mind. 117. Wounded to death I have seen a man by the words of an evil woman. A lying tongue had bereft him of life and all without reason of right. 118. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Hast thou a friend whom thou trustest well? Fare thou to find him oft, for with brushwood grows and with grasses high the path where no foot doth pass. 119. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. In sweet converse, call the righteous to thy side. Learn a healing song while thou livest. 120. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Be never the first with friend of thine to break the bond of fellowship. Care shall gnaw the heart if thou canst not tell all thy mind to another. 121. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Never in speech with a foolish knave shouldest thou waste a single word. 122. From the lips of such thou needest not look for reward of thine own goodwill, but a righteous man by praise will render thee firm in favor and love. 123. There is mingling in friendship when man can utter all his whole mind to another. There is not so vile as a fickle tongue, no friend is he who but flatters. 124. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Oft the worst lays, the best one low. 125. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Be not a shoemaker, nor yet a shaft maker, save for thyself alone. Let the shoe be misshapen or crooked the shaft, and curse on the head will be called. 126. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. When in peril thou seest thee, confess thee in peril, nor ever give peace to thy foes. 127. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. 
Rejoice not ever at tidings of ill, but glad let thy soul be in good. 128. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Look not up in battle when men are as beasts, lest the whites bewitch thee with spells. Whites, W-I-G-H-T-S. 129. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Wouldest thou win joy of a gentle maiden and lure to whispering of love? Thou shalt make fair promise, and let it be fast. None will scorn their wheel who can win it. 130. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. I pray thee be wary, yet not too wary. Be wariest of all with ale, with another's wife. And a third thing, eke, E-K-E, that knaves out with thee, never. 131. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Hold not in scorn, nor mock in thy halls a guest or wandering white, W-I-G-H-T. 132. They know but unsurely who sit within what manner of man is come. None is found so good, but some fault attends him, or so ill, but he serves for somewhat. 133. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Hold never in scorn the hoary singer. Off the counsel of the old is good. Come words of wisdom from the withered lips of him left to hang among hides, to rock with the rennets and swing with the skins. 134. I counsel thee, stray singer. Accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. Growl not at guests, nor drive them from the gate, but show thyself gentle to the poor. 135. Mighty is the bar to be moved away for the entering in of all. Shower thy wealth, or men shall wish thee every ill in thy limbs. 136. I counsel thee, stray singer, accept my counsels. They will be thy boon if thou obeyest them. They will work thy wheel if thou winnest them. When ale thou quaffest, call upon earth's might. Tis earth drinks in the floods. Earth prevails or drink, but fire or sickness, the oak or binding, the ear corn or witchcraft, the rye spur or rupture, the moon or rages, herb or cattle plagues, runes or harm. The next section, section 7, is Odin's quest after the runes. Stanza 137. I throw, I hung in that windy tree nine whole days and nights, stabbed with a spear, offered to Odin, myself, to mine own self-given, high in that tree of which none hath heard, from what roots it rises to heaven. 138. None refreshed me ever with food or drink. I peered right down in the deep, 
crying aloud, I lifted the runes. Then back I fell from thence. 139. Nine mighty songs I learned from the great son of Baalthorn, Bestla's sire. I drank a measure of the wondrous mead. With the soul stirrer's drops I was showered. 140. Ere long I bear fruit and throve full well. I grew and waxed in wisdom. Word following word I found me words. Deed following deed I wrought deeds. 141. Hidden runes shalt thou seek and interpreted signs. Many symbols of might and power by the great singer painted, by the high powers fashioned, garved by the utterer of gods. 142. For gods graved Odin, for elves graved Dane, Davlin the Dallier, for dwarfs, all wise for Jutans, and I of myself graved some of the sons of men. 143. Dost know how to write, dost know how to read, dost know how to paint, dost know how to prove, dost know how to ask, dost know how to offer, dost know how to send, dost know how to spend. 144. Better ask for too little than offer too much, like the gift should be the boon. Better not to send than to overspend. Thus, Odin graved ere the world began. Then he rose from the deep and came again. Section 8, The Song of Spells, Stanza 145. Those songs I know, which nor sons of men nor queen in a king's court knows. The first is help, which will bring thee help in all woes and in sorrow and strife. 146. A second I know which the son of men must sing. Who would heal the sick? 147. A third I know, if sore need should come of a spell to stay my foes, when I sing that song which shall blunt their swords, nor their weapons nor staves can wound. 148. Fourth I know, if men make fast in chains the joints of my limbs, when I sing that song which shall set me free, spring the fetters from hands and feet. 149. A fifth I know, when I see by foes shot speeding a shaft through the host, flies it never so strongly I still can stay it, if I get but a glimpse of its flight. 150. A sixth I know, when some thane would harm me in runes on a moist tree's root on his head alone shall light the ills of the curse that he called upon mine. 151. A seventh I know. If I see a hall high o'er the bench mates blazing, flame it ne'er so fiercely, I still can save it. I know how to sing that song. 152. An eighth I know, which all can sing for their weal if they learn it well. Where hate shall wax mid the warrior's sons, I can calm it soon with that song. 153. A ninth I know, 
When need befalls me to save my vessel afloat, I hush the wind on the stormy wave and soothe all the sea to rest. 154. A tenth I know, when at night the witches ride and sport in the air. Such spells I weave that they wander home out of skins and wits bewildered. 155. An eleventh I know, if haply I lead my old comrades out to war, I sing neath the shields and they fare forth mightily, save into battle, save out of battle, and save return from the strife. 156. A twelfth I know, if I see a tree, a corpse, from a halter hanging, such spells I write and paint in runes, that the being descends and speaks. 157. A 13th I know, if a newborn son of a warrior I sprinkle with water, that youth will not fail when he fares to war, never slain shall he bow before sword. 158. A 14th I know, if I needs must number the powers in the people of men, I know all the nature of gods and of elves, which none can know untaught. 159. A fifteenth I know, which folk stirrer song, the dwarf at the gates of dawn. He sang strength to the gods and skill to the elves and wisdom to Odin who utters. 160. A sixteenth I know, and all sweetness and love I would win from some artful wench. Her heart I turn, and the whole mind change of that fair armed lady I love. 161. A seventeenth I know, so that e'en the shy maiden is slow to shun my love. 162. These songs, stray singer, which man's son knows not, long shalt thou lack in life, though thy weal, if thou winnest them, thy boon, if thou obeyest them, thy good, if haply thou gainest them. 163. An eighteenth I know, which I ne'er shall tell to maiden or wife of man, save alone to my sister, or haply to her who folds me fast in her arms. Most safe are secrets known, to but one the songs are sung to an end. 164. Now the sayings of the High One are uttered in the hall, for the weal of men and for the woe of Jutuns. Hail thou who hast spoken, hail thou that knowest, hail ye that have hearkened, use thou that hast learned. The end. So... I want to thank you for joining me this evening. I thought the Have a Mall was important, and again, because I had requests to do it uh, and other things uh, that I may or may not do, I, I did this. So I, I want to remind you that it's all about the 14 words. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. I bid you adieu. Long live Tay-Sachs and Sickle Cell and Rahoa. And I'm closing with the Have Em All by Wonson.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.